0: absolutely hero ball podcast this is ethan huffman speaking and today it's me and elkin elkin how are we doing this morning
1: we're doing good a little bit uh, earlier pod for both of us i think though you're the one who uh is definitely taking the bigger uh the bigger uh take for the team over here waking up it's 6 a.m but you got some golf to get to so i'm doing good so just ready to get back on the pod
0: yeah, I'm gonna go brave the elements today. It's gonna be very cold, but I got the long underwear and I'm gonna wear a vest. You know, the Columbia Sportswear brand. You know, very nice stuff. Um, way overpaid for that vest a couple. <laughs> way overpaid for that vest a couple weeks ago because I got to the golf course realizing I didn't have my rain jacket and it was gonna it was scheduled to rain a little bit off and on, and I was like, well, my my quarter zip is dry fitty enough that like it'll lose most moisture but like i don't want it to be on my chest i want my chest to stay warm my arms can get a little little weird that's fine and so i overpaid for a um, you know coarse branded um vest but Gerhardt golf links very cool course i got the vest right here behind me very nice all right but okay. it definitely costed too much money but i don't actually have buyer's remorse because i like it a lot it looks pretty um that's enough about golf. unless we're gonna talk about Max Holmes' win yesterday, but we're probably not gonna do that. Uh, um, today's the NBA trade trade deadline show. We're gonna we're gonna do a probably shorter number than we've done in the past, but that's because we gotta do this pod quick, Elkin. I got tea time to make. Course is five minutes away, but I gotta be moving.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. Like, I don't want to keep you held on for too long, and definitely came prepared, and we even got it by teams already ordered ordered by team trade ideas grouped together. So I think this makes a lot of sense that we should be able to get through this one pretty quick.
0: Yeah, and if we don't, you know, we're just going to shut it off and say goodbye and you upload your audio and I'll edit it later. Let's get this thing started. Um, Here's a, a, a Laker trade. You know, Russell Westbrook's been in the, in the news for being traded all season. Um, the Raptors have been a very disappointing team overall, and I am looking at them as a team that could use a some opportunities to rekindle some of their fire maybe put some new blood in there and with that being said um we this trade has the lakers receiving fred van fleet gary trent jr and thaddeus young and the raptors getting russell westbrook's albatross contract with that expires though get will get, allow them to have some flexibility um Um, And also, a 2027 and 2029 first-round picks. we didn't specify what protections would be, but if I'm the Raptors, it's unprotected because we're giving you two really solid role players that are perfect fits next to LeBron, and we're going to let Russell Westbrook walk, probably. So, what are your thoughts on that, Elkin?
1: I think the Lakers finally need to get rid of those first-round draft picks. I think people have been calling for it. It almost feels like I mean, you probably feel the same way. I feel like LeBron has been on his campaign, I won't say passive aggressive campaign, but I does feel like he's kind of encouraging the team to trade it away. And with me with Gary Trent Junior and Fred Vladim Flea, I mean you get two ball handlers but guys who can play off the ball. I think that's that's the biggest thing that I'm definitely looking at. Saying looking at hey, can you have guys who can go on the wing, spread it out? I mean, right now, they're both shooting mid-30s from three-pointers, but I have confidence in their three-point ability because they've both been shown to be able to shoot a pretty good percentage. So that's something I'm just like, okay, if we finally get that, and then some people were like, well, how about defense? I'm like, well, you have to look at the other side of it. How much defense is Russell Westbrook providing you? Not much. So essentially, you're bolstering up your shooting, while giving that up, and I think the Lakers have to think about it like this: LeBron did sign this extension, but as long as you have a AD who can somehow stay healthy and LeBron who's putting up stats, with putting up, you have to go into win now which means you gotta get rid of those first round draft picks if you're gonna compete.
0: And what, what we've seen players like Gary Trent Jr. succeed so well next to LeBron, go all the way back to. Cleveland days with J.R. Smith, you go to recently with Lakers vintage with Danny Green, KCP, both those guys, like all I, I imagine if you're trying to tell a random person that was watching basketball five years ago who Gary Trent is because he wouldn't have quite been in the league or he might have been a rookie, um, I think they would give him comps like Danny Green and and KCP. So, like, you're, you're literally getting another player back that is in the mold of what LeBron likes to play with. And Gary Trane has had stints where he's really good at defense. He's had some times where he's not so good. I, I, I often wonder if it's, like, a motivation or maybe just a matchup thing from time to time. Um, I think being slotted in at the two for the Lakers would be a perfect fit. Fred Van Vliet, on the other hand, he is probably a little weak on the defensive end just because he's very small. But I, I, I look at him as, like, a supercharged Mario Chalmers if he can just come back. And, like, we know that worked out pretty well. Like, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I can't even remember, man. Like, the Lakers have not really had, like, that perfect point guard. But if you're thinking about, like, a, even Rajon Rondo just bubble when he shot well, like, that's what I think you could get out of Fred VanVleet. And the same kind of dogged defender that Rajon could be from time to time, Fred VanVleet puts the effort in. He gets in the right spots. That's where turnovers are created by just – hustling and being in the right spots you don't always have to play you don't always have to be the guy who stops the penetration from happening you just have to be the guy who makes the guy go a certain direction and consistently that makes allows your defense to make up for some mistakes you can't just be the guy who gets you know o-laid every which direction
1: yeah that makes i think that makes sense like and you see that with many defenders as more savvy ones know how to position themselves in the right place since a bunch of players around you are uber athletic and uber quick You just have to know, anticipate where they're going to be at, and that's going to help you out. And I think the way I look at it is you're adding, I mean, kind of how you alluded to some of the pieces LeBron's play, with you're adding more depth out there on the wing. I don't want to say wing, but backcourt really for him, which is the most successful teams he's always had is when you pretty much do like a five-out with LeBron or spread it out, give him four shooters, and let him go drive to the hole and then let him create if he needs to create. I think that's what you're going to have to do to be successful, because right now, I think everyone knew the Lakers don't have shooters. And, of course, all the other GMs know that the Lakers want to get shooters. So they're like, all right, give us those
0: first. Yep. Yeah. Um, a player that might be available without giving up a first to the Lakers, although I think everyone would agree that other trades involving this player are probably a little bit more beneficial for the Hornets. The Hornets I have trading the Lakers, PJ Washington, Jalen McDaniels, and JT Thor. Although the thing the thing I know is they gotta get salary in there to make up Patrick Beverly's number. He's the guy going out. Um, Anyway, it's basically those three young players, um, two of them which are on expiring deals. Patrick Beverly's an expiring deal, and then what we listed as. Four seconds 23, 24, 25, 27. I don't think we need to explain this one that much. Patrick Beverly is not a you uh, that useful of a player for the Lakers. Um, if he was still shooting his splits from the Clipper days or, or late Rockets days, we would love that because that'd be 38 percent from three, and that would be solid defense if not, if nothing else, like forcing turnovers, but probably make still making some costly mistakes. Um, at the end of the day, PJ Washington has been an elite shooter different times in his career, different seasons in his career, and then Jalen McDaniels would just be, if you're going to run Winnie and Gabriel out there as an athlete, you might as well play Jalen McDaniels, who can shoot a little bit more. I just got to imagine the, the the Hornets can do better for these players and or might like to retain them. It really just depends on how, how much the Hornets would ask for is if they intend to keep them in restricted free agency, which I think both of them would be restricted free agents this year.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of looking at it, and I feel like P.J. Washington's name has been thrown around a little bit too. And with it, I think Patrick Beverly was the other person I can think of. The Lakers probably fetched something, and the Hornets. We know they're sell. The Hornets, I think, are still trying to sell, sell, sell because they, I mean, they're trying to compete for the number one pick. And I know a lot of Terry. I heard recently like, like even Terry Rozier, the Hornets are kind of getting some feelers for him as well, and even uh, Gordon Hayward also feelers and. Probably not going to get much for Gordon Hayward. Unfortunately, he's reached a point of his career where he almost seems like he's getting injured a lot. But I just think with this P.J. Washington, you do have now, – now you're looking at compared to that Raptors trade where you're adding backcourt players, you're adding these frontcourt players, which I think the Lakers have had success when they start using some bigger items. But I think you're adding some tools. And the thing is, my like, God, maybe you, you probably know this, just – before we move on with from this one, Ethan. So, P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, I'm familiar with their games. J.T. Thor, like, what? What am I? What am I looking for here? Because I honestly just, I don't want to say here, like, oh yeah, J-. no, I'm like, is he just a throw in, or are we actually expecting something?
0: He's he's a throw in. Um, I don't know if there's a a, a a less valuable player to throw in with him. More or less, J.T. Thor. I think he's left-handed. He's he's six ten guy. Played at Auburn. Super skinny, has some ball skill, but like doesn't shoot. Like, I like. I mean, if you wanted to give a comp for someone who's also not particularly good, um, that got some hype though. Like Thon, Thon Maker, Thon McCur. Like, he's in that realm. Athlete that does interesting things, um, but has never like. I don't even. I don't think he's even hit a Thon McCur level. Or he probably would have some. I mean, with a name like J T Thor, if you were doing anything interesting, you would have gotten some pub by now.
1: All right, I think yeah, that, that's everything you need. Once once you say McCur, it's all I needed to hear at that point.
0: Yeah, basically. Anyway, um, an example of a probably better deal for the 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 Hornets. Um, I am biased, but I have the Heat receiving P.J. Washington and Jalen McDaniels. Just, you know, more wings um, to help out with the BAM and Jimmy Frontcourt. I think would really dial that in. But the reason I think this trade's better is the Heat are going to be giving up Nikola Jokic and Dwayne Dedman in two seconds. Um, I personally think Nikola Jovic, um by himself is more valuable than anything in that Lakers trade and i think the heat would really covet uh, pj washington with some time to see how he plays next to bam because the way i see those two players playing together elkin is that like pj washington played some small ball center for the hornets from time to time when they were um you know playing pretty good with lamelo ball and he did he held up so i can i i think the fact that he can he can be a little bit of a switch defender And on top of that, Bam can. Like, Bam can go full on switch and disrupt, and so can PJ. PJ's not as good at it, obviously. And then Jimmy can do that. And then the guard defense that could be lacking, whether from Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero, might matter a little bit less when you have those three guys kind of roving around to close games. I really like this trade for the Heat. Um, it really just depends on if they would like to kind of reset their restricted free agency for a new player like Nikola Jovich, or if they would say we actually value P.J. Washington enough to like work out a contract come off season.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And I I don't think I heard you. Did you say those 26 and 28 are first or seconds?
0: Seconds. The Heat are not giving up first round picks for a guy who is only a restricted free agent.
1: That's what I figured. And I was like, man, I don't know why I'm asking, but... I just had to go ahead and ask that yeah with this one and it seems like that's one of the biggest stains as far as like with the heat it's either they need to swing big for someone who's really gonna bring star power or they need to get and I, and I brought that up to you like they need a four it seems like and i think you brought up a good point that ever since pj tucker left they kind of been hey jimmy can you play some four for us through that but jimmy is not a four he's more of a natural three but if you can get that someone who's a four and get some of those offensive tools in there and some ability to spread the floor, I think that's ideally what you want to do, and that way Jimmy doesn't have to carry that burden up in the front court as much.
0: Any Anything to give Jimmy, like, not nights off, but maybe some plays off throughout the playoffs here to close the season if some seeding becomes important. Anything that gets him a little bit fresher when it's time for him to start closing games for the Heat again. That's That should be the, the main objective of everything the Heat do. Because Bam, I think, has stepped up in, term, in terms of being the best Heat's regular season player this season. Um, he's obviously played the most. I think he's the most all-star deserving. Jimmy's had some great games, but just his lack of lineup consistency is just hurting the team a little bit. Um, getting P.J. helps both those players a lot. It helps Bam not maybe have to guard a center every single possession and it helps, helps um, Jimmy not have to guard power forwards every possession. It's really one of those things that I think just really benefits the two best players on the team. You can find a trade that does that, you're doing the right thing. Um, speaking of a thing that would benefit the two best players on the team and might even shake up, and probably would shake up, that hierarchy, um, This is we don't have to talk about this very much because this doesn't require any analysis. Um, I'm just saying throw Damian Lillard to the Miami Heat for this is the players involved it's Kyle Lowry, Duncan for salary, Nikola Jokic for a young player. Obviously, the numbers I think could be skewed a little bit to where you're still sending out like maybe a Strews, Gabe Vincent, whatever. Just keep in mind all those players are expiring and like if you want them, you got to resign them. Omar Yurtsevin is in that same boat. Um what I have is all first round picks here, 23, 27, 29. And then first-round swaps of 24, 26, 28. Um, it's basically looking like a go bear deal in terms of value, but I think that he would be getting a really good player, who probably the last year of his deal will be a bit of an albatross. But if you win a championship at any point over the next couple, where I think Damian Lillard, where he wouldn't have to be the, the man every night, between Bam, him, and Jimmy, all under contract for three years, sounds a lot like what the Heat, you know, Made happen with the big three back in the day. There's just so much talent, and two of the three are good at defense. If they could make it happen, and the Blazers thought it was worth it, I think this team makes the most sense for any landing spot. That's not just giving away a heap of picks, but not really having a chance to win. Um, I think this one makes the most sense, but I also am biased.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand your bias with this one. I'm trying to think. Like, if I'm the GM... Because I felt like when the Blazers started the season they're like, Oh, we could have something here with this season but then I think they kinda of went back to reality then and more is coming apparent. Like part of me is like even like I don't know if Jeremy Grant's gonna be long for this team. I know that I know he, he wants some monies he wants to get paid, but we'll see who pay him that much. But with Damian Lillard there, like and right now your current trade package, for the Heat it's great. Like as far as the players going out, with Kyle Lowry Duncan Robinson and Nikola Jovic, like that's great, and you get a guy like Dame Lillard in there, and, and I'm thinking like, you brought up a good point. If you can win like within the next three years, you accomplish your goal, and that's after, that's exactly was going to tell you. I was like, with Dame Lillard there, I feel like that gives you a three-year window. Like Bam will be the youngest out of their three best players, but we know Jimmy's getting up there in age, but I feel like Jimmy still has a few more seasons left in him where he can play at a high level, and Dame, I think he can as well. I I think game, I think Dame can evolve his game like a Steph Curry and rely on shooting those far shots because Dame when he first came in he was super athletic and I remember him getting up a lot he was actually in a dunk contest too some people forget about that Dame was in a dunk contest at the beginning of his career but he's found ways to adjust and be able to still create a lot of space I mean he just went off for possibly one of the most efficient 60 point games we've ever seen I think about I think true shooting stats said it was the most efficient 60 point game if I remember correctly and And at this point, I'm just like, if the Heat can add that, that is just a fireball there. Because then people are like, oh, defensively. But Ethan's already said, defensively, they'll have him covered on the wing. And on the front court if the defender gets around him. So the one thing they'll have to worry about is, offensively, and also takes, I think it definitely takes a lot out of Jimmy. Because I feel like Jimmy's one of the main ones supposed to create offense on his own when, like, Tyler Hero isn't there coming off the bench or I still feel like Bam sometimes. Bam is finally figuring out more self-reliance. But if you have Dame Lillard there and you can run some pick and rolls, like, that's going to be dangerous right there.
0: I mean, I think my constant complaint about this Heat team this year has been they don't have enough guys who want to score the basketball. It's Tyler Hero who wants to score, Jimmy who sometimes wants to score. And then no one else is, like, out here gunning. Like, Duncan has lost most of his confidence, so he's not really, like – He doesn't play much anyway. I think he's been hurt as well. But, like, Max Truce, he hunts a shot, but that's his only role. So, I think, like, the thing that makes me the most excited about having Damian Lord... In general, or honestly any guard, like we, we, I'm gonna throw this in now instead of later. If there's been a lot of rumors about uh, D'Angelo Russell and Kyle Lowry swap, and I don't like D'Angelo Russell. I don't think he's particularly good. I don't think he ever deserved the all-star, as much as I don't know if Dimwitty did either, but like I was closer to Dimwitty making it than D Point being D wants to shoot. And that's just what the Heat need guys who want to shoot because they're so often they pass up a really good shot with 10 seconds on the shot clock and then get garbage in the last 10. I think that's the last point I want to make with Dame is just he, he enables you to have an offense to one player and the Heat already do that with Jimmy and Bam. I, I really do think it's one of those things that like it just dials in what everyone's role is a little bit more concise and that's all you need. When you're talking about trying to win a championship, you just need roles to find. Not to mention, I don't really want this to happen necessarily. If because I don't want to like, say I don't want Tyler Hero. If you get if you get Damian Lillard, and it's not working because of a defensive problem with Dame and Tyler, guess what you can do with Tyler? Tyler's very valuable. You could probably swap him out for a couple role players, and then you're looking at you know two role players and a and then three stars. And, and hopefully all under contract for a number of years. And that's the kind of window, especially with the Heat's ability to bring something out of nothing. <sighs> like that could be a scary couple of years for the Heat to put some championships up or a championship up. That's all that matters is one.
1: I will say this. My only worry with your trade package, and I know you have to make the monies work. But I feel like Portland would want, would want to try to get the Heat to include Tyler Hero. I feel like Portland would really be like, we're not doing this unless we're
0: getting Tyler Hero. That's what I can see Portland doing. Fine with me if that's what happens for next season. <laughs> I would be okay with a, I would be okay with a Kyle Lowry last year, because um with with um Dame in the backcourt, I'd be okay with that for one season. Um and that's what if that's what it takes, we have to wait till the offseason and make this thing kind of happen. And at that point, maybe we could, maybe one more pick opens up in the future, or like another opportunity to get another swap in. Sure. Fine, I don't care. If I can get Damian Lillard and I can get a championship, that's all that matters. Um, We're getting closer to running out of time, so I'm going to move on to the next one. Um, Here's the way for the Blazers to recover and not trade Damian Lillard. Here's that option. Um, Blazers receive DeAndre Ayton, P.J. Washington. Um, Suns are going to receive Yusef Nurkic, Josh Hart, Gary Payton II. I have one first-round pick going to the Suns in this trade. I would understand if they need more because Ayton is very talented. Um, They seem to hate him. Most of the time, so I don't know where their value meter is for them. Um, and then to keep the Hornets involved, P.J. Washington is coming to the Blazers in this trade. I Already mentioned that, but basically the the, Horn, or the Blazers are going to send out A Little, who just got an extension that's honestly like what what like maybe the tenth pick in the draft would be getting paid um, for the next three years. So basically, it's a similar thing with the Nikola Jovich trade, where you're basically kind of just resetting that clock on a young player that's a good contributor. Um, without having to sign the contract yourself, you already got a good deal. Elgin, okay, give me some thoughts on that while I start changing into some golf clothes while we pod.
1: No, it's okay. I definitely kind of think DeAndre, and even though I mean, money's money, he signed with the Suns, I do think that he needs a change of scenery. I think we gotten to the point where the things you kind of saw, like, I think it's weird when you're like, your head coach hasn't spoken to you since Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Sorry. Like game seven of the Western Conference semifinals and things like that. And I think it's weird kind of just looking at the chemistry with them. Even at some point I was like, oh, I could see it possibly with the Patriots, but I think where he's reached his career for him to flourish, I think he does need to step away from the Suns. And I think the Suns are obviously going to want some type of replacement in the front court for him. So Nurkic, um, for me, Nurkic is not on the same level as Ayton. You might feel different about that, but uh, for me, I'll I'll take that because I'm also getting Josh Hart and Gary Payton the second. Gary Payton the second is also healthy. I like what it brings defensively, especially coming off the bench. And Josh Hart, still the best rebounding guard out there and a, and a solid defender and can help you spread the floor. You're adding more depth and role players, which is something you're getting here. That's what I look at. It. And you get that 25th first, which I imagine is going to have some protection. I think at this point, just assume unless the team is super desperate like the Lakers and trying to get trying to offload Russell Westbrook. So that's how I view it as. And with the hornets, at this point, they're just like, hey, we'll go ahead and take this Nazizi. We'll take Nazizi little. I think the hornets right now are just like, yeah, we'll take your players that you don't want. We'll take them. We'll include us in some three team deals. We'll help you guys out because we're not trying to do anything significant right now. We're probably gonna be moving more pieces.
0: Yeah, and I don't think the hornets are full in fire sales. We'll take anything mode, but like Nazizi little, I mean, I don't know where he grew up, but he went to school in North Carolina. And at the end of the day, like he's a good player. Like, I like him a lot. I want the Blazers to keep him. But if you're making a push by getting a guy like DeAndre Ayton, I feel like you need something a little bit more fitting. And I think P.J. Washington moves Grant where he has that versatility, three to four. Um, I just I just like P.J. Washington on a lot of teams because he's so versatile. He can shoot well enough to play a three almost, and he's played the five in the past. Um, Elkin, pick another trade here. We probably got time for one more
1: all right, well, let's go ahead, because this is a guy who's been talked about a few times. Um, we're looking at John Collins. So we're going to trade between the Suns and the Hawks. <clears throat> so the Suns will receive John Collins, while the Hawks finally, finally offload Jay Crowder. D- Darius, who's been, by the way, Jay Crowder has not showed up for the Suns. He's just been like, trade me. That's it. And the Suns are kind of just like, can we at least show you off so that we can see how viable a player you are? Nope. And then Darryl Harish in a 23 first round, which I imagine if it's John Collins, they're probably going to want, they're definitely going to want the unprotected. And there's still been rumors that the Hawks are trying to get two or three, uh, the Hawks are trying to get two or three first round picks for John Collins. Like they're really trying to like get a good deal out of it. But I think John Collins, he's been in trade rumors for a while. And I think this kind of bolsters that front court depth for the Suns. And adding a player like that, for me, who I feel like is more talented than Daryl Saric, and I'll take him over Jay Crowder right now, I like it for the Suns, especially if they can get healthy for another run to the playoffs. I want the Suns to go for in the Hawks. They can finally move on from John Collins, who I feel like has been trying to get out for some time, and they've been trying to move on from.
0: Yeah, I think this is – like, I put this trade in here. I think it's a horrible um, trade for the Hawks. I really do, because I think John Collins is good. But it's, it's, I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm okay with making a bad trade on paper. Like, I don't care if my name's sullied on my trade-making abilities because I'm just taking the information that I've been given, and that information is that the Hawks do not like him. And if the Hawks do not like him, I want to get him somewhere where he's appreciated. And in terms of um, having your backup center resolved um, between him and Aiton, I think you have 48 minutes, of great center. I think you can play him alongside of Cameron Johnson. And also, Aiton, Booker, and Chris Paul, and all of a sudden you have, you know, he hasn't shot as well this year, but he shot well in the past. Aiton, if he, you know, expands his range and the Suns are a little bit more in on him, I know we just talked about him getting traded. Like you're talking about a team that could roll out all shooters and not be small on size, and that's just, I think when you can manage that. I just I just forgot about Mikel Bridges, so you could do an offense-defense thing. If Aiton's being passive with John Collins and Aiton at the end of games, like there's so many options at having that second big that can play alongside your first big that I really like, even though the league has wanted to go smaller. Um, We're back to being big. Look at Nikola Jokic. Look at Joel Embiid. Like you need size. You need fouls for those kinds of players that are the superstars. Yeah, that definitely makes a
1: lot of sense. Um, Ethan, before – I was gonna say, do you want to cover any more trades? Because I think we can. I think we might have time for only one trade to pick out of the ones we have left. Is there anyone you really want to cover? You're like, nah, we covered the major ones.
0: Let's co- Let's hit this one. The the Bucks, Suns, Hornets trade. Let's just hit that real quick.
1: All right. So so in this trade, we have a three-team three with trade where the Bucks are receiving Jay Crowder. Uh, the Suns get P.J. Washington. The Hornets get Serge Ibaka, George Hill, Jordan. Jordan and Nora, and a 24 and 26 second round draft pick, and what well, we're looking at here, because the Bucks, they're definitely trying to be movers during this trade deadline. You can kind of sense that they're looking for some more. De- like they're not their team isn't horrible, but they're definitely trying to look for something. And once again, for the Suns, you bring another front court mate for Deandre Ayton if they hold on to him, and then for the Hornets, it's not like you're getting nothing in return. If Serge Ibaka, if he's gonna start getting some playing, because I know he hasn't really been playing on the. You, no, no, the no, Bucks no. Let me fix, fix far, it like, there. If
0: you're the if you're the Hornets, you're if you're the Hornets, you're getting nothing in return. You're getting the hope yeah. of Jordan Nora <laughs> to become something more than he is, and you're getting the second round picks from a good team. This is a, hey, the, the reason hey, I George want to cover Hill. this again.
1: George Hill, my friend, is yes. probably a decent veteran presence backup point
0: guard. I don't disagree with that. I just don't know how long he'd be on the Hornets. Um, overall point of this trade, I kind of want to just hit back to the P.J. Washington thing. It's like, what can what can the Hornets actually demand for this guy who is has value, but they don't show like they care about it? So with all that being said, like, I just kind of wanted to hit it one more time with PJ, Col- or P.J. Washington should be on the Heat because the Heat can give you Nikola Jovic, who it, has some promise. Anyone who has a young player but could use a guy who can contribute now, that's who the the Hornets should be targeting to get PJ Washington to if they don't have an interest in retaining him in a restricted free agency. All that being said, Elkin, I don't mean to be short with you, but it's time to go. I got to make a team. You got to you got to get
1: golfing. It was great potting with you. I hope you I hope we get at, at least par. At least par. Let's go for par.
0: We're getting one par, I know, and we'll see you about after that. All right, it's NFL, NFL Championship Sunday. Go, birds! Hopefully, they're one They they've won by the time you hear this. See you, buddy.